When people are under the influence behind a wheel, we consider that a bad thing. In fact, we consider being under the influence bad in almost all scenarios as it compromises your ability to make sound decisions. Well, there's plenty of information all over social media with people who are looking to influence you, and many people are following them. Videos pop up, and we watch them and share, thinking that that is the gospel truth. Well, today's episode, I was inspired when I saw a video and it did not feel exactly right. So Laurie Elizabeth from Seekers Insights is going to be joining me once again so we can talk about that world in which draws us in and the frequencies of which we operate and paying attention on what brings us joy and peace. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. Make sure you go to americaoutloud.com where you can check out all of my colleagues' work and also check out the 24-7 talk radio network available on all of your mobile devices and their stores, whether that's the Apple store or the Android store. That helps keep the lights on by supporting everybody's shows, the sponsors, and everything else, and keep bringing great content. Well, as promised yesterday, after I had the great Aaron Day on, I said we're going to change things up and bring on my good friend, Laurie Elizabeth. She is back and better than ever, we hope. And so we're going to have a conversation today about a clip that I saw while I was on vacation and I saved just for Laurie and I to discuss. Laurie, welcome back to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. Uh, as always, I'm glad to have you on here. You're like uh, your family here on the America Emboldened show <laughs> at this point. I feel the same. Thanks. Absolutely. So <laughs> I'm watching uh, different clips that are popping up on my feed. And occasionally I'll hit the save button when there's something that I think kind of like has picked my interest a little bit. I'm like, hey, that sounds interesting. I want to know more about it. And so I, I saw this clip from this Bruce Goldberg, who was a... <laughs> He was a dentist and then turned into a uh, psychology counselor and then helped people get through past life regressions. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of like the chiropractic route and becoming an expert in uh, chematology and everything else. I say that with my sarcasm, but <laughs> sorry, chi- sorry, chiropractors <laughs> that are out there. Um, <laughs> but what he's saying, I could not... Um, I, I felt like it was something that was up your path and alley with the fifth dimension. And the reason why I wanted to cover this as well, I'm going to play it for the audience just a second, is uh, maybe about 15 years ago, there was a gentleman who had a horrible brain injury and he was laying in the hospital and he hadn't moved in like six years at this point in time. And a friend of mine, he wrote a song that was called At Night We Live. And it was basically saying that maybe we're all asleep and that his friend that's in this hospital bed 
is really the one that's living and awake now. And it was written almost as like a love song in a way, but it always made me kind of think about when we're dreaming. And then I saw this clip, Laurie, and uh, I'm going to play it for the audience so they can hear it right now as well. I'm going to play it for you and then we'll get some reactions and get our conversation started. Here it is. You're actually out of the body when you're, when you're dreaming at night. So when you sleep for seven or eight hours, you're going to spend three hours. This is medical studies now. This is hard, no science now. Mm-hmm. We've known this since the 1950s when mm-hmm. we discovered the four brainwaves. Um, you spend three hours out of the body into the fifth dimension. The question is, where do you go? Most people, because they don't know what they're doing or because they're arguing with their wife or they're worrying about problems or because they had too many drugs, they go to the lower astral plane. Mm-hmm. That's a very bad neighborhood. Like hell. Well, except you can get out of it. Okay. Yeah. So it's like purgatory. Okay? Purgatory, okay. Whereas um, if you go, if you use the techniques I describe in psychic protection techniques and more positive things, you can leave through the crown chakra, not through the third chakra, which will take you to the lower astral. Mm. If you go to the crown chakra, which is where you want to go, now you go to the upper astral plane or the causal, mental, uh, etheric, or even soul plane. Those are all positive dimensions. Okay. The only two negative dimensions are the lower astral plane and this one. <laughs> we have a lot of problems here, but the other dimensions are all positive, and each dimension has a sound and certain characteristics that are relevant to it. For example, if you're out of the body and you hear the roar of the sea, you're on the astral plane. If you hear the tinkling of bells like in the New Age bookstore, now you're on the causal plane where the Akashic Records are stored. If you hear the sound of running water, you're on the mental plane. And if you hear the buzzing of bees, you're on the etheric plane. Mm-hmm. Or if you hear the sound of a flute, you're on the soul plane. So you're actually... All right. So if you're hearing all these different sounds, you're on a different plane. Um, Look, I I heard all this and I'm just going, all right, if anyone might have some knowledge or information on what this guy's saying, it would be you. And what kind of got me was the records, uh, him saying, well, when you're on the the, uh, causal plane or whatever it was, then that's the Akashi records. And I'm like, well, you've spoken to somebody who claims to have done this. Does she hear bells? I don't know. So Laurie, is this guy like a California swindler or is there truth to this or is this a mixture? What are we listening to? I like to call it truthiness. Um, uh, Stephen Colbert's favorite word. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's got something there because, because this is kind of truthy, but it's kind of not, I don't understand why he keeps drawing in the chakras. I don't get that. Um, with or without knowledge of the chakras, um, we don't have to go through them to go anywhere. This is all um, this is all in mind, not brain, mind, what I call the soul. <laughs> I mean, we're here for a visit. We are spiritual beings having the human experience for reasons that only we know on much deeper and higher levels. So um, kind of not getting the chakra thing, but... Um, it wasn't making sense to me. And, no, <laughs> uh, I actually brought up a beginner's guide to the chakras because one of my, you know, our friend, Chris Michaels, he, he was really into this. Obviously he's a Reiki master and stuff. And right. I was like, well, maybe I can educate myself on where this might be. And I couldn't find it. But what I was able to find is some of the studies from the 1950s on brainwaves. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to the fact that when we enter a period of sleep where we're experiencing Uh, vivid dreams, the REM state, that the low delta waves start getting very quiet and Mm -hmm. we're at a very, very low frequency, which led me to kind of ask this question of, are we uh, 
frequency beings or are we physical beings in this world? And which one is a more of a reality? Everyone has frequency. Everything is energy and everything is vibration. So that's that's a basic bottom line, okay? Everything is energy. My vibrational frequency is a little different from yours. This entire earth has a frequency. Everything, everything. The the chest of drawers I'm looking at right now has a frequency, okay? The rock in my garden has a frequency. There's a certain level of consciousness to those frequencies. Um, but at the same time, I got to go back to this guy. He's, he's got me troubled. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I, I saw your face and your reactions as you're listening to it. I'm like, I'm glad that I saved this. I'm going to give you another good term that, that my, my friends and I use. He, he's definitely metaphysy. Um, metaphysy. Yeah, he, yeah I, I caught that. <laughs> he's... um. He's dabbling in things, and and this is not something you dabble in. This is lifelong study stuff, okay? And his hypothesis is a little off. First of all, 5D already exists. We're already there. Um, there are many who are still in the 3D experience because their energy, their vibration is lower. They choose to stay in that you know, this is concrete, I can see it, I can touch it, I can taste it, I can feel it. That's where they want to stay, okay? Um, and then there are those of us that say, God, no, there's there's got to be something more. And and you find that there is something more because you let go and you go find it. And you don't need the chakras to go through. They are the things that not only attach the spirit of us, our souls, into this this physical body that we use for the lifetime, it's it's also, you know, different energy paths and all kinds of things in and of itself. But going to sleep and going out through any particular chakra, nah, it's, that's off the mark. Um, when we sleep, um, I, we do leave our bodies. We're going back home because the, the work continues. And whether we're conscious of it or not, and I'm usually not, but I have been at times, um, there are conversations to be had. There are places to go, people to see, things that you need to do on that higher plane that you can't accomplish down here. It's too dense. It's, it's like thinking through concrete. It doesn't exactly work. So... He's right. And those brainwaves that aren't showing up on a monitor or something like that, that's indicative of that creative state. I call it highly creative because um, you're back and you're working on what you're here for and how you're going to approach things and all whatever is going on in your life. That's that's what we have to supercharge. We have to recharge to get to get through this life. And that inspiration um, that you know, breathing in of spirit, as it were, comes from somewhere. And it's those higher realms. I, you know, I was going to ask you, are you aware of the different um, levels of consciousness and, and, and um, the things that I like to talk about, that there's different levels of universe in, in our way of thinking of it. Have you heard those before? Uh, no, let's, let's hear about it. Okay. Let me, um, if this is Earth, 
let's call it Terrestria, just just okay. for fun. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Terrestria, everybody. Welcome to Terrestria. Um, so this is this is a name that you know Terra Firma, if you remember your Latin. Yes. Okay. I know that you're Catholic, so I know you know Latin. So <laughs> just you know saying that part. Um, and when you when you view these dimensions, as it were, these higher levels of consciousness, I would say, uh, we are down on the bottom floor looking up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So take that as as first first way of looking. Second level is when we get to the astral plane. And with the astral plane, there's a whole lot going on there, um, but it's in three different levels. The lower level is where, I think I gave you the example of a, of working with a Ouija board. Yes. That you can uh, get yourself into trouble with, because if you don't do protections and you don't understand the levels there, um, you can get yourself into some real problems with darker, lower energy levels. Um, these are people that we, or entities that you don't really want in your life. And they're, they can be very troublesome and you have some difficulty getting rid of them. Um, so you want to make sure that you leave that lower level and go to the middle level, at least, of the astral plane. And that is where normally you'll find grandma and grandpa. Um, they're the ones that are coming through, the perhaps your, your mediums and psychics and um you know, that's the, the basic level of contacting the beyond, as it were. Okay. okay. Um, then there's the higher level astral plane where you can start kind of touching the robes of that which is above um, and into the more esoteric levels of things. Um, and that that level is where your guides start to come in, not always, but... It's can be there, um, but it's where hauntings can happen. You know, you have to be careful of, of where you are on your astral plane as a general rule. And um, when you are on that upper level, that's a stepping stone into where you can touch your spiritual guides on the next level. That is the service level. It's the fifth level of heaven, if you will. Um, and that's where you are seeking your best futures your spiritual guides can be there to to um help you and school you and guide you that sort of thing go ahead so so plato and aristotle um you're reminding me now that they talked about having multiple planes of what is made up of earthly things Mm -hmm. and then they got to the fifth plane which was made up of what they called the stars And this was their way of explaining how the stars affect the human experience and that there was a matter out in the fifth realm, so to speak. Um, And so I would almost say that there's that. And there's also the teaching of um, the angelic spears um, where in Christian traditions uh, we would see that there were intermediaries of angelic presence that you would transcend throughout in order to meet the creator. Um, so I'm seeing that in the classic literature of Plato and Aristotle, we, we have the same type of message, maybe a little bit different language than what you're saying. And I'm also hearing that from the Bible, 
and looking through uh, classicism uh, type teachings of theology, there's that message as well. And so when we use words like um, the astral plane, when you get to the Ouija board stuff, that sounds more like the occult and less like the angelic side. And so I guess what I'm asking you, uh, are we looking at the same are we both looking at the same looking glass? Am I making these connections proper or am I off base? No, Is you're there right. A connection between it's, the occult and Greeks and, you know, Christianity. Well, okay. So this is not new knowledge. This has all been around since sure. the ancient history schools and everything else. So you're on the right track. Um, that lower level of the astral plane is what it what you would think it to, to be kind of dark kind of not kind of murky no clear direction um those that aren't really sure you know are they they live in the gray areas of life they're not good they're not bad they just they don't know um that's kind of where they are and um they don't understand the difference and they kind of get wallowing there but they're there okay and it is their choice they can move on or not um but you get to that middle level and that's that middle level is, you know, it's so think of the lower level when I, when I say darkness, nothing really beyond hauntings. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you asked me about spirits in a previous discussion that we've had. That's where all that takes place. So the middle level, you get out of that and you're, you're starting to, you know, see grandma, grandpa, and mom, dad, whoever's past that you're close to. That's where they are. If they choose to stick around. Okay. If they want to see the baby born or if they want to make sure your daughter graduates from high school or you know, however it is, um, that's kind of where they, they come from. The upper level, as I said, is, is attaching into higher levels. And it's okay. it's the practice ground to get up there um, and a higher mind, if you will. Um, you know, we, we're, we're all made up of six different intelligences and they're paired. Okay. If I can just take you through that. And this is going back to your, your Aristotle and Plato and, and all these different guys. They all knew this stuff. Um, so there's the physical and emotional side of, of this is basically the body and our feelings. Okay. So the things that we think make us human. Right. Um, then there's the analysis part of the intellect. Okay. And the synthesis part of that. So that's intellectual. Okay. okay. And then you have the imaginal and intuitive part of the mind. You are your most creative when you are in alpha brainwaves in the imaginal and intuitive brain, okay? That's where the Teslas live. That's where the um, the people with the higher mind really kind of hang out. Um, but so here's, we have this physical being. We're taught in our existences to always you know, be intellectual, right? I work in academia a lot. So yes, the intellect is, is where we want to be and you got to stay with that and um, use that analysis, use the synthesis of the, the intellect to, to analyze and interpret and, and, you know, make your connections and then you have a better life, right? Um, and then that comes down to the physical body so that you can even have, you know, a way to present it to people and live your life. But really people forget that we live most of all through our imagination and our intuition. So in that imaginal intuitive realm, that's your daydreaming. And what were you taught not to do in school? Daydream. Daydream. Yeah. 
right. stay, stay present. Yeah. And that was why Henry Ford created schools the way he did. I didn't listen well to that, though. I daydreamed a lot. <laughs> I daydreamed a ton. Um, and, and and you were punished for it sometimes. And yeah. it's a shame because that's where you are literally in the realm of creation. So anyway, using those intelligences, I'm asking people to now, you know, take that analytical mind and kind of mm-hmm. set it aside a little bit. You know, this is like uh, the fourth wall concept. Let's tear that down. And, and remember that these are set up by the mystery schools. These have been around for generations and, and millennia. So once we get into the service aspect up above the astral plane, now let's take that jump, okay? Um, there's the service level. That's where we find our spiritual guides, those that have chosen to help us in this life. Whether we see and acknowledge them or not makes no difference. They're there anyway. Do they take vacation? Because sometimes I feel like they may not be there. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Most people don't know. Like with angelic assistants, you have to ask for help. Right. They will not intervene because the one great thing in the third dimension is free will. Actually, throughout multi-dimensions, it's free will. So if you want the help, you have to ask for the help. And you have to be specific. And don't mind stomping your feet a little bit if you don't think they're listening. Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. I stomp my feet sometimes. Um, so you have this whole extraterrestrial, not an ET type of thing, but this other otherworldly inter- interconnected uh, team that's there to help you. And we're not using them. So time to call them in. That's where they exist. And they're seeking our best futures. They will only help you if what that you're wishing for is for the highest good of all things everywhere. Okay. The next level above that is where we become very creative. It's basically alchemical in the way it exists and it's divinatory. It's, it's, it's starting to touch the hem of Jesus. You know, it's kind of think of it that way. It's high creativity. As I said, Tesla lives here in his brain, you know, uh, maybe Nostradamus is from there. I have no idea, but no way of knowing, but um, it's a plane of existence where that does not ever go away. That's it's, it's um, in its complexity. It's quite simple um, that they, they're creative. They take everything that comes in and they create whatever they can from it. Um, the next plane above that is wisdom and infinite intelligence um, that is drawn upon by all aspects of the universe, obviously. So that exists. And then we get into multiverse. Yes, the multiverse exists. And I've heard that explained for for your listeners who have some difficulty with multiverse. Um, It's as simple as, you know those times when you're trying to make a decision and and you sit there and you say, well, what if I did that? And you kind of take a step in that direction. Well, you've already created that path. So now that path exists somewhere in the multiverse. And the next one, the best one was um, quantum, the, the Ant-Man and the Wasp one with quantum mania, I guess yep, it was. Yep, yep. Um, they they did a whole thing where he made a number of decisions in like a split second. And he's like got hundreds of thousands of him standing yep. there going, this is everything he thought about as a possible pathway in in time. In, and in, they're all consuming him in the film. They're all too. consuming him. Exactly. Yep. That was a perfect analogy for that. So the multiverse does exist, but just think of it this way. If you ever wondered um, what happened to the boy next door, you know, whatever, with that summer fling thing, 
um, that would be a path that you didn't take. Um, you wonder about that. Now, that right. Somewhere in the universe, that's happened. So finally, we get to that stage where, you know, we've gone through all these things. Sometimes they happen simultaneously, but you're going for the, the gold here and that highest level that we can reach in, in our conscious way of thinking of this is what's known as celestria. And that's where you no longer have form. You are pure energy and pure love. And that's where you're beginning to get with all that is and doing whatever you can there. So those are the different, the seven levels of heaven, basically, if you will, and, and go on from there. So does that make this purgatory? No, this makes it hell. Um, I really do believe that. Okay. I don't think purgatory doesn't exist except in the Catholic church. Okay. And that was created by the Catholic church. I know. I, I, when I, when I, when I use the word purgatory, I, yeah. I, I wasn't training really, ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't trying to make I that know. connection, but yeah, just, it's kind of like, you know, if there's these frequencies that we all vibrate at and there's this frequency that we can achieve into the future, um, does that mean that right now we're basically on our lowest frequency? I mean, it might be a high frequency. I don't know, but meaning the experience itself is the painful one and that it can get better as it goes, but there's also ways that make it worse as we go, which explains why some people have haunting type dreams. Some people have good dreams. Uh, some people are able to meditate and manifest. Some people are not able to do that because they haven't reached that area. Um, it just kind of leads, you know, are we can we, do anything. Yeah. We can do anything. We are self-limiting. Okay. And, and not just that we're self-limiting, but like I posted something earlier today and it was, if something happens and a friend of mine wrote when, yeah, not if, when. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there's that whole manifestation of our thoughts and, and how we say things that certainly seems to have a, a pretty drastic effect on the outcomes in our life. But it's very difficult, I find for myself, speaking, I can't speak for you, I find it very difficult to speak intentionally about outcomes into the future to manifest them in a positive way. Um, not because I can't manifest and think in those terms, but because my ego gets in the way and I, I feel like I don't deserve it. Um, how can people become better manifestors and not allow their ego to keep them in check? Because I think in my life that's held me back a lot is I don't want to be seen as self-serving, self-egotistical. Um, and so I, I self-sacrifice almost to a narcissistic point and it hurts my ability to manifest. What can people do to change that mindset? You have to realize that you really don't have any limitations. There's only you putting them on you. There's nothing barring you from your success. There's nothing barring you from what you're choosing to do. <clears throat> My only question right now is, what do you mean by the word manifest? Oh, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> to me, the word manifest means that when we can envision a future, mm -hmm. that that future exists already. Mm -hmm. And it's the intentionality of how we wake up each day in what we're doing in order to reach that goal. 
that we ourselves get in that way oftentimes of reaching the goals because we get negativity um, thoughts of, well, I can't achieve that. Oh, that was a nice pipe dream. But no, if you can think it and you can see it and you can visualize it, then it actually exists in the future. It's just a matter and a pathway of how to get there. And that's the manifestation. But I find that I do hold myself back in that because I am that guy that's like, oh, it's just a pipe dream. And I'm not talking about like winning the lottery. You don't feel you deserve it. Correct. Because Mm -hmm. my ego tells me and whatever my thousands of experiences in life tell me, I don't deserve that attention. I don't deserve that love. I don't deserve um, that, you know, dollar amount that I see in my life or whatever it may be. Those thousands of experiences in your life were teaching you what you chose to believe and you choose to believe that you're not worthy. Correct. But you are. That's why I'm a recovering Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Catholic Church didn't really help in some ways. Um, No, no, it didn't. I'm not trying to be slanderous at all. I'm just no, no, I'm sure like for the people that are Catholic to listen here, that's perfectly fine, well and good. Like I'm not trying to slander a faith that was so good to me uh, for so many years. But yes, there is this concept of, um, you know, trying to be as divine as possible, understand that in the Catholic Church's teachings that only Jesus and God could be that divine. But I think that that's wrong. Like what I've learned in my life is no, I can reach a, a level of divinity in my life. You are um, divinity. Exactly. You are divinity. Yeah. And so, and you are your own God in a lot of ways. We are um, all, if, if nothing else, we are gods in the making. Yes. But what we, we have the spark of the divine in us. When the big bang, if you will, occurred, all those sparks that went out created galaxies and universes, and they created you and they created me. Right. And we are infinite in who we are. I have a weird thing that I feel like I can do. Um, I don't know why I'm just sparked by this as a conversation and we'll have to hit a break here in a few moments too, but Mm -hmm. maybe this is kind of a good thought to hit you with and then get a response and take a break. I oftentimes will look at other individuals and I feel like I can see out of their eyes and see exactly what they're seeing. Um, And I can actually place myself in their body. And that's often given me this thought process that I am everybody else that's around me and everybody else is me as well. There's this interconnectedness of consciousness through all that. Is that imagination or is there something more to that? There's something much more to that. Remember me talking about the oversoul? Yes. Last episode. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that is your experience of the, Hey, maybe that there's something to that, you know, Um, maybe I can just, you know, like the old ladies with the, plugging in for the for the telephone connections maybe i can just plug into that and see what that's like i've experienced the same thing yeah where i can literally uh, and this is i'll give you my weirdness um because this is this can really freak you out i'm watching something on tv so therefore it's it's probably recorded and Mm -hmm. replayed but even so i can put myself into the person who's playing a particular character yep and i can just imagine what it's like that he's or her is sitting there going, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Um, oh God, I can't got, got to remember to pick up the kids today. And they're thinking these things. I mean, mm-hmm. mundane stuff while they're acting and they're so serious and they're, or they're so funny and, and, but, and then all of a sudden it's cut and pan and the camera draws back panning and you see all the set, you see all the lights, you see all the people. And all of a sudden your entire Im- Im- imagery is just broken. Okay. Yep but you're inside the person's head. 
So he's been carrying the fantasy for you. And it's like, oh, oh, crap. I never thought of it that way. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. But that's, I mean, I've been at sports games and like, I feel like I've experienced being on the field, yeah. uh, watch things from other people's perspectives, felt like mm-hmm. I was on stage and uh, I wasn't, I was curious. I was like, you know, is, is that part of this whole connectedness? Uh, certainly imagination's part of that, but imagination is a frequency and imagination is a firing of those brain It's one of your intelligences connect. that you're supposed to use. So Correct. Yes. So see, that goes back to the earlier part. All right, everybody, let's take a quick break here. We're about a half hour in already. Look at that. Flew by. <laughs> All right. So let's get a, a word from our sponsors, everyone. Uh, make sure you're going over to americaoutloud.com. Now it's also .news. Or you can type that into your browser and get it. You'll see that there's tons of different sponsors. Go support those. They help keep the lights on. If you'd like to support this show, you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. And you can buy me a cup of coffee. And I'd appreciate that because uh, who doesn't like a nice little cup of coffee? All right. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, my special guest, Laurie Elizabeth, here on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Copix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Copix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here with Laurie Elizabeth. First 30 minutes flew by, like, you know, faster than a Lionsgate portal on a Saturday with sheets covered over our heads. Oh, my God, you mentioned the Lionsgate. Good (laughs) job, man. (laughs) Absolutely. What was that, August 8th? August 8th was the peak of it, yes. The peak, right? Now, I I will say, for people that uh, experience energy in different ways, I have felt more anxiety and excitability in my life over the last week. And I, I first was like, you know what? I'm about to go back to teaching in the school and I got a lot on my mind. And then as I was sitting with it, I was like, no, there's like just this heightened awareness mm. 
And what really kind of keyed me into the fact that there's heightened awareness is I'm starting to see through the absolute part in the language. I'm starting to see through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. And it's what all bullshit. It really <laughs> is. I don't know what turned on in my brain that all of a sudden started looking at social media and influencers in a way that I was just fed up with it. But I'm starting to look at these accounts that have 800,000 followers, 1.1 million followers, manufacturing outrage, literally doing things for money, literally doing things simply to spark the conversation so they can seem relevant and important. And during the break, you were just kind of saying, you know, we're at a time period where it's going to be really important to control the influence as we kind of ascend into this next part of where we're supposed to be. And I've been pointing out, and I pointed out on my show on Monday that I feel like there are appointed people that are being selected to influence much like the music industry selects what music you're allowed to listen to, what makes the top 20 list. I feel like at this point in time, if you go to Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, there are people that are almost hand selected mm-hmm. and put out in front of people and promoted in order to influence you in a way that's being controlled by corporations. And I've seen, you know, this in full display. You know, I, I can look at the numbers for this show, and I, I'm very open about people uh, when they ask me about it. The America Out Loud Network. You can check these numbers yourself, ladies and gentlemen. We are in the top zero point. of all podcasts in the world, hundreds of thousands of people. This podcast you're listening to right now, I guarantee you from my numbers is going to have at least 50,000, possibly a hundred thousand people listening to it. But yet on Twitter, on social media, I can't get any traction, but the listeners show up in the podcast reports. And so when I look at this, I'm going, well, I'm not one of the appointed people. And I'm not trying to be that either. I've never tried to be a person of influence. I'm just trying to do my show and enjoy doing what I do. But I believe that what I'm doing is very important. I believe conversations like you and I have, conversations like I have with Chris or any of my guests are important or else I wouldn't be doing them. Right. And so why aren't they selected? Why am I wrong in thinking that we're at this really important turning point in the world with a lot about to happen And there are false idols being put out in front of us once again, and people are busy worshiping golden calves, not realizing they're being completely distracted by people that are actually trying to bring truth to them each day. Yeah, the noise is pretty loud, isn't it? Oh, it's it's deafening. Yeah. So what have we really, think of the last century, because a lot of us were alive in the 1900s, right? Boy, it makes you sound so old. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> my, 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 my daughter's always like, Dad, you were one of those 1900s people. Yeah. It was, oh, 19, oh. It was 1979. You get it right. That's a trend. That's a trend. Okay. Ugh. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for what we learned the hard way in the 20th century. Um, and the people in the 21st century are looking still to boomers to try to figure it out. Because we had to we had to create the bottom line from people to go where they've gone to by now. You know, we started off in the 19, I'll go back to the 1950s. Okay. We started off with, um, remember computers used to fill rooms and rooms and rooms. 
and you had mm-hmm. to mount heavy magnetic tapes onto these hard drives and you had to feed in key punched paper cards to read a program into the machine that took hours to do, okay? In just 50 years. We now have all of that computing power in your hand or on your wrist and all of that. And I worked through those times. I remember those times. Now it all exists on my phone or on my watch. It's to me that... You know, when I think back to my grandmother, who was born in 1898, she went from horse and buggy to men landing on the moon. Hmm. That is something you have you have to walk in those shoes to be able to understand how far we've come, but how far we've yet to go. And all of this by way of saying, it it appears from where we sit now that it's a basic time of, and more than ever before, with the polarity that we're dealing with, not just politically, but all throughout any different thing. If you want to look hard enough, you'll find this good versus evil, this chaos reigning. Okay. Well, our job right now, and a lot of people are awakening to this now, but it's being suppressed, but still it's coming up. This chaos is going to give way to this time of transformation. We've been going through what's been known in the Hopi and the Navajo And all of the indigenous cultures have had this great purification. I'll say myth for the way some people think, but it's been their teachings down through the centuries that 1975 through 2025 would be the great purification leading to what is also noted as the great transformation. And we, Mr. Bolden, you and I, and Chris, and so many others who are questioning who are looking outside, who are going outside the boundaries and using that imaginal intelligence, is sa- they're saying, how can we transform this culture? And that's exactly who we are. We are culture transformers. And that's what's happening. You're on the cutting edge. You're, you don't even realize that you're going to come up on a crest of a wave and it's going to happen. Um, and we're starting to awaken to these roles that we need to take on. There's a lot of responsibility to that. It's immense responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I crack open a microphone, um, I try to be cognizant of the fact that there will be somebody who is listening that will um, really take everything I say to complete heart and uh, understand that because of that, that I need to make sure that I mean what I say when I say it, and that I'm clear about what I know to be a fact, what I know to be true uh, in my heart. And what is just an opinion of mine and what is speculation of mine? What's gossip of mine? I think it's a a duty that not a lot of people uh, take sincere enough. And not that I want to be the sincerity police of the world right now, but uh, (laughs) over the weekend or actually during the peak of the Lion's Gate, Mm -hmm. uh, we had the Maui fires in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like you were destroying paradise, doesn't it? It does. I know. And on top of destroying paradise, we have people taking the social media at this point. Those influencers again. Yeah. And and they're like, hey, look at this photo that was taken from eight years ago, but we're going to pretend that it's Hawaii. And look, it's directed energy weapons. And they they fried these people. Or look, here's this electric line that blew up. But we're going to say that it's 
harp or something and use all these buzzwords to get people to share and get millions of views. Yeah. I, I just wonder why are these vultures out there like that? I mean, I did a show on Monday where I'm talking about directed energy weapons are real. Uh, Lockheed Martin puts them right on their website. They mm-hmm. tell you what they're capable of. And yes, they're mm-hmm. capable of causing what happened in Hawaii. But I, I paused and said to everybody, let's be clear. There is no evidence that you can look at at this point in time and say, that's what it was. So therefore, if there's no evidence, then going off the speculation, simply to be the first to report something or to get more views or to get more influence, that seems to me um, pretty scandalous at this point in time. And I'm just curious, why are more people not as upset as myself? I'm not going to speak for you, but upset as myself about the fact that people are using scandalous in order to increase reach rather than truth. And isn't that where we've been in our society for like the past eight years with our politics? And oh, yeah. uh, but, okay. I'm going to give you a separate side of that. Let's, let's take the other side. See, when you get all in the chaos thinking, you get all in that mess and darkness and stuff, and you're saying, why aren't people outraged? Because there's a bunch of us over here who realize that we're just awakening to the fact that we have a higher dimensional identity. This is not who we are. Our natural state is one of joy and peace, and people do not understand that because we've been a warlike culture for well over a million years. You know, it's, we're not talking Cain and Abel stuff here. We're talking, thinking about it and, and getting plans to get, no, no. Um, basically think Star Wars <laughs> over and over and over again, you know. Um, but the idea is to make everyone believe that terrible things are happening for long enough and they go looking for someone to save them, right? Mm. How did Hitler rise? How did Stalin rise? All of these people rise because there's a vacuum of what people need and think they have to have. And then the right guy just stands up and says, I'll take you on. And here we go. So, frankly, I believe this is what's happening with Mr. Trump. I think Mr. Trump has been trying to create the chaos for which he can rise and be the idealized leader. And, you know, just take everybody to his idea of the promised land. And that's not going to happen because it's not for the greatest good of all. And it's going to go against everything that I've been talking about with this transformation. Hmm. Okay. Since we're going to Trump, let's go. Is Biden the answer? No, dear Lord, no. <laughs> okay. I just, I'm a Delawarean. Okay. I just know I, my, my listeners are going to hear that and go. All right. Well, that, does that mean the other side is the side with all the answers? No, no I, it is I, not. That's not what anyone's saying. Let's I go figured, back to the founding fathers of America. We didn't want political parties because they would be divisive. Right. Okay. Well, Alexander Hamilton wanted to be uh, king. He asked George Washington, can I be yeah. the first king of the United States? And George Washington was like, get the hell out of here, Hamilton. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that there's something interesting too that I kind of uncovered in my constitutional uh, studies and going into the work of Michael Benarik last week. I did a five-part series on him mm-hmm. and he talks about how there's no such thing as constitutional rights, that your rights are inherited by your creator, that everybody has certain inalienable rights simply from being born. 
and that the Constitution didn't establish any rights. It established protection for those rights. From whom? And what's that? From whom? From human beings. Why? Uh, because we inherently put take people them away. To, take them away. We put them in slavery. Uh-huh. We believe that a certain classification of people can be king or queen, have oligarchies and monarchies. And so it was important to the founding fathers to establish that, no, you are your own king. You yep. are your own queen. So I actually had a show last week where I was telling people, if you're in your car right now, say, I am King Greg. I am, say your name. I am queen, whatever it may be. And say it proudly because that's really what we were created to be, was our own kings and queens, our own sovereign people. Yep. But I heard you say something that goes against those teachings just a second ago. And this is where I really struggle with, is the Constitution the end-all, be-all great document? I think Michael Bednarik would agree with me in saying, no, the Constitution was flawed and it doesn't, because you said something about the common good. Mm-hmm. And the common good, there can be no rights, because now you're talking about a group and there's no such thing as community rights. There's only individual rights. And so when we start looking out for the greater good, We start looking out for community ideals, community agendas, and therefore it interrupts the personal liberty and sovereignty of other individuals. How do you feel about that? If we followed who we truly are, this higher dimensional identity I I keep talking about, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need any of that because the common sense of of the good and the good of all takes priority. But you see, over 400,000 years ago, humans agreed basically to forget those higher identities by setting more heavily into the bodies here on Earth so that they could do the experience, this, this human thing. It was very appealing at the time. And the Earth became a schoolroom and karma came into being. And we just keep getting heavier and heavier. So you have to forget those upper dimensional identities so you can put up with the bullshit of living here, okay? Mm-hmm. But we're awakening now. And this has been foretold, as I said, for millennia. And we're coming up with the idea that, you know what? If we're truly about the higher good, we won't need laws. We won't need that stuff. This is the utopia that people dream about. This is the, the well, you know what? If you get higher up on that that seventh heaven, you know, map that I gave you. Mm-hmm. None of this exists there. And they're going to go on far longer and forever than you can possibly imagine, right? So we are all a part of that greater whole in our higher dimensional awareness. There are many, many people coming aware now. You don't hear them. They're not taking soapboxes in Hyde Park. They're not, you know, banging their fists against their chests and and screaming this from the high heavens. No, they're quietly going about the business of making change and transforming the culture. Okay. Let's pause here and ask this question then. So my show yesterday, I'm talking to Aaron Day about the central bank digital currency and about how the UN has 17 points that by 2030, there are initiatives they'd like to see. We talk about China having a social credit system and taking people's freedoms away. The WEF, the World Economic Forum, has already put together the Build Back Better plan 
which Joe Biden ran on and actually made it his campaign slogan. Mm-hmm. Um, who's to say that Klaus Schwab and the WEF and the UN aren't looking out for the greater good of humanity versus uh, you and I having this conversation thinking it's a little bit more of a spiritual type of thing. Um, and then how can we reach that type of awakening utopian part when we have flawed beings that are trying to control the world right now? Cause that's really what's about to happen. We have a global government that is trying to figure out how do we take control of all the resources in order to have what we believe is the greatest good for the planet and the greatest good for people. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is going to be very pointed. And I think it's important to get this as a viewpoint from you. Do you support those efforts of the WEF and of the UN in these initiatives? Or do you think that that is uh, off base with where we should be headed as individuals? Hmm. I keep going back to biblical prophecy and saying things like, yeah, one world currency and, um, you know, one world government. The problem is we can't even talk to our neighbors, let alone people from other countries. And yet in an infinitely diverse universe, we can't even figure out our own diversity satisfactorily enough not to cause aggression, wars, attacks, conflicts. Who really wants to run that? Who's going to sit there and say from some high seat that they know the world well enough that they can rule it all, even if it's a council. And I'm thinking Bilderberg right now. I'm thinking, um, you know, the people who are child family, right? Yes. All the, all the, the conspiracy of holding the money and holding the resources and holding this and that. What happens if we tell them we don't need it? What happens if we sit there and say, yeah, gold's pretty, but you know what? I value my chicken's eggs because they feed my family. I value that more than your damn gold. And you know what? I don't need that. I don't need to progress to have a big yacht. I don't need what I need is to come back around to who I really am. That would flatten this world in no time. That would flatten all industry. That would flatten all kinds of things. And, you know, it's a it's a debatable point, but I can say this from a different standpoint. I, from all that I've seen and believe and I understand about all the different diversities of thinking and a diverse and infinitely learning universe, someone may get to that chair. They're not going to stay there long. The human will is far more superior than the will of one man. And we've watched this over and over again. Think of the French Revolution. They didn't like the succession of kings. They were being downtrodden. They were starving. And they rose up and they stormed the Bastille and so much for that government. We have that capability here in the U.S. and we just don't do it because we've become complacent. Yeah. We have come, this would come, become very complacent. And I'll tell you, you mentioned the Constitution before. The Constitution has survived as long as it has because one thing the founding fathers did realize was that they were fallible, number one. And number two, because they were fallible, they created a document that could be changed. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be changed through the will of the people through process. The problem, and is, the, time, the, the problem is that documents being changed, not through the will of the people, it's through the will of the few that have been elected that think they are the people. But that's what they had intended. Yeah. Okay. Correct. I think that all died with prohibition, but I could be wrong. <laughs> anyway. Um, so my point is, look at Israel. They've been alive for 50 years as a country. Mm-hmm. How many governments have they had now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That they had, that we had this core group of people that created the United States of America, as opposed to the country of Israel. We have all of these different states, and God knows we're seeing all their different variations on a theme right now, okay? We all have a federal government umbrellas over that, but states' rights, states' rights, states' rights. Um, I mean, for example, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg knew that abortion rights were going to go back to the states. Okay, so it's all states' rights, and it's been a big magnifying glass. But it's only because we all agreed to do that, right? At any point in time, we the people can speak up and say, "We the people." That was actually, uh, I think, part four of my shows last week on Thursday. I covered the three branches of government and how every single branch at this point in time is operating unconstitutionally. Right. We, we the people doesn't speak up. And nope. one of the, the highlights was the abortion ruling that we believe that the Supreme court, the judicial branch is allowed to tell us what is constitutional and what is not constitutional. Nowhere in the constitution does it give the judicial branch that ability or authority. We, yeah. the people, have allowed them to talk to us that way. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that's kind of the, the most ironic part. You know, now, they can say, well, it's not in the Constitution. Okay, well, what does that state? It states either it's not a right or it states that um, it's just not addressed. Now it's up to we, the people. Is it a right or is it not addressed? And it, it, most people are asleep at the wheel and they don't realize. They're just asleep. They have, they're just asleep, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their their Delta waves are in very low frequency right now. Yeah, they are. It, it makes me think. I saw a video today of a bear that refused to eat McDonald's. <laughs> and the, the guy is sitting there trying to feed his pet bear a Big Mac. He even takes the hamburger meat out, tries to give it to him. And all I like to think about is even the bear knows what that's going to do to him. Even the bear knows I'm going to become a dumber bear. Right now, he's just your average bear. Hey, boo-boo. But he's, but he's going to become uh, just an average, below average bear if he eats that. And it's kind of interesting what we fuel ourselves with. I just had this guy uh, with Chris Michaels and myself on a couple Fridays ago from Cultivate Elevate. His name is Matt. And he was telling me about the power of uh, Lion's Mane mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Shilajot. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I got both of those. I have not started taking them yet because I wanted to wait till after I was done my vacation in case my body was not enjoying it uh, when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to report back because these are ancient uh, medicines that are used in, in, Eastern, in the Eastern parts of the world mm-hmm. and giving people better clarity, mm-hmm. giving people better focus. And so now I'm really curious. But why do we even have to? Do. The sad part is we even have to think of these things, okay? Right. <laughs> when our natural state is a state of clarity. Right. Okay? And this is, I guess, what I'm trying to say to people. Chaos has many different looks and feels, okay? And this is part of it. You know, what we put into our bodies, the brain fog that we 
go through. It's not just due to illness. It's due to what you eat and drink and those things. We've lost the native culture's ability to ascertain what is good from the earth and what is bad. And as a result, the guy is kind of getting fed up. Um, she would like to be able to nourish us, but we keep abusing her. And I'm not taking on a, you know, Greenpeace type of attitude here or, you know, that type of thing. But I'm, I'm simply stating from, you know, traveling across country as I used to frequently, looking out the airplane window at all of the strip mining and the deep mining and the, the canker sores we put on the face of the earth and leave when we've depleted the resource. Um, that in and of itself is, is ugly. And then you look at the fires and, and how are we ever going to deal with the burning of so many hundreds of thousands of trees that give us the blessing of oxygen? Because uh, o- oxygen is everything. Mm-hmm. And they're doing this in the Amazon. And only they're doing it deliberately in the Amazon, not as deliberately in Canada, and certainly not as deliberately, I hope, in Maui. But um, I, was say, yeah. I, I will go as far as to say I'm not sure at this point. I'm not sure either, but I do know that um, healthy skepticism about how natural all these fires are at this point. Well, I did watch something in the Grand Canyon one time, though, Greg. I did watch lightning struck and started a fire. Right. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah, of course. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm a skeptic at this point, and I think it's a healthy skepticism. It's not me saying that it's it's humans. Um, It's me just saying it's a possibility that there are bad actors at play in this world that have an agenda and this is helping to further their agenda. And that scares me a bit too. Well, isn't that the truth? You know, let me just say this. Okay. We deal with an addicted culture because people are running away. People are too sensitive. They don't know how to deal with things and they don't have anybody to turn to, to talk to. We need a whole generation of elders to step up and, and help with this stuff. And we have them, people aren't seeking them out because they've chosen addiction. And they've chosen addiction over connection. And if we had that connection, I think that we would see as the indigenous people across the globe would say to you, that connection is everything. And that's what leads the path to peace and leads the path to out of chaos into a whole new world. And we have to reconnect with each other. I I believe that with all of my heart. I think, uh, you know, as we wrap up this show, I'm thinking about all the different places we've been in topics. We started off with um, the we astral plane. <laughs> yeah, we, we always do. Start off with the astral plane. We, we, we've tra- traversed uh, pretty widely today. It's a galactic map. There you go. It is. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this as a, as a thought to react to. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the observer effect? It might be. Why don't you explain what you're thinking of? So in in physics and quantum mechanics, they've put this to the test at this point in time, that there's a disturbance in our world simply from the act of observation. And they demonstrated this by taking photons and they had a double slit piece of paper that was kind of like up or I'm calling it a piece of paper, but whatever it was, like a double slit. I'm simplifying this for all listeners. I'm not Mm -hmm. the scientist who did the test. But the photons are supposed to go through the slits at the exact same time Mm -hmm. because it's the speed of light. Mm -hmm. 
And when it was not being observed, they didn't look to see how they were passing through. They had multiple lines showing multiple possibilities. And then after that, they decided to put on the observer and they were getting the data of which uh, slot was it going through that photon so they could see where it ended up. And they got a singular line. Those two lines became singular. When they removed the detectors, it went back to multiple which showed that our reality seems to be completely um, altered by how we are detecting what is around us. And it's almost like a video game. Like I, I joke with my son sometimes when we see a, 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 a tree, like we'll go to the old Newcastle and some of the trees there, like they have the bark kind of removed. And I tell him, hey, Jonah, there, there's an unrendered tree. It looks like one of your video game trees when it hasn't fully rendered. And we laugh about it, but that, that's really what this observer effects about. It's about um, maybe the entire earth is not rendering until observed by the individual. I'm curious what that says about our conscious mind. The fact that something needs to be observed to exist in a reality of which we expect it to. Yes. How about if I tell it to you this way? A lot of things only exist because we all agree that they exist. Or because we know that they have to exist for us to have the interaction that we have to have at that particular time. Okay. But I can tell you right now, if I stopped thinking of this and, you know, you didn't exist, it wouldn't exist. Right. So, yes. Please if don't. I, I like existing. <laughs> As do I. So thank you for thinking thank of you. me. Literally, thank Absolutely. you for thinking of me. Yep. Um, but yes, this this was posed to me and I thought, oh my God, this is probably so true because I see the world my way. I am the observer through me. I can only see what I think I see or what I'm literally creating at that moment in time. We only have now. There is no past. There is no future. But there is, you know, the decision that I make right now creates my next moment and my next moment, and my next moment. There is no such thing as time, but there is such thing as perception. So that observation, that perception from the observation, and I see, for example, my office, or I see, you know, I see you in your office and, and all of those different things, because you and I agreed that we would see this. Okay. But I think I mentioned to this, this once before to you, people have to understand that if you stop thinking of something, doesn't it automatically just kind of disappear from you? Right. Yeah. Same thing happens. If you take it to the highest possible point, think of the creator. If for one micro nanosecond, he, ever, he, it, all that is ever stopped supporting us for just that fraction of a, even faster than the speed of light, none of it would exist. None. Gotcha. <laughs> that, that, that was a great place to end. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, if if there is a creator and the creator forgot about us for just a nanosecond. Oh, if he wanted to make a change, that, what do you do? Yeah, that would uh, that would be the board no longer exist. And uh, I'm, yeah, 
I mean, I'm still waiting for the great uh, solar micronova to wipe us all out. So that'll be great. But uh, maybe that will be the creator's uh, sneeze. <laughs> we all have to agree to that, Greg. We all have yeah. to agree to that. <laughs> that's that's true. And I, I hope that many of us are not agreeing to it. <laughs> I'm agreeing to be a culture transformer. That's me. So, I like it. I like I'm a pioneer. It. Well, everybody, this is Laurie Elizabeth. You can check out her <laughs> podcast on Seekers Insights, available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so type in Seekers Insights with Laurie Elizabeth, where you can hear her voice and her work, which goes into the type of world that we've been talking about today with many interesting voices. And uh, she's done some great shows um, with some very interesting people that some you might see as uh, spiritual thought leaders, others you might see as clairvoyant, uh, but definitely in the esoteric world. I don't want to call them metaphysy. Um, <laughs> was, was that the word you used earlier? <laughs> metaphysy, yeah. Metaphysy, yeah, that was a fun word. Yep. yep, yep. All right, everybody, we hope that we honored your time well. As always, uh, give us a shout online. You can find me at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter. You can find the website, americaemboldened.com, where you can continue the conversation. Laurie eventually here will get herself onto uh, one of these social media networks. She's a countercultural genius at this point in time, and I respect that. Uh, but we'll get her on here so you can actually uh, talk to her on the uh, socials at some point. So, yeah, um, I am going to get a website very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll see you back tomorrow, everybody. I am working right now on trying to get people that are on the ground in Maui and Hawaii to do a show with me on Thursday. Uh, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but uh, thank you to the individuals that have been putting me in touch um, and we will try to get that scheduled for everybody. So hopefully that's what you're hearing come tomorrow uh, and that interview happens. Until then, I hope that you all have a great and wonderful day. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Thank you.